Welcome to Mandarin Baptist Church, where we are the generations declaring the redemptive story of God on Everyday Mission. Thanks for tuning in this week. We will be taking a quick break from our current series to bring a message that has been placed on our hearts. We believe God is always working and speaking, and our prayer is that this message will minister to your heart as much as it has with us. In future weeks, we will dive back into our series. Before we get started, there are a couple things for you to know. First of all, is we would love to connect with you on a deeper level and even help you take your next steps of faith, whatever that may be. A great first step is joining us on campus for one of our worship gatherings on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. We would also love to help you connect to one of our groups. Regardless of what life stage we are in, we strongly believe that we weren't created to go through this life alone. We need people to come alongside of and help each other out, pointing us back to Christ and encouraging a deeper pursuit of God in our lives. For more information or questions you might have, please check us out online at mandarinbaptist.org. Also, like and follow us at facebook.com slash mandarinbaptistchurch. You will find dates for events like Discover Mandarin, which is a great way of learning a little bit more of who we are, different ministries we are involved in, and local and global missions partners. We hope you will take some time to get to know us more. But for now, let's all open our hearts and let the Word of God move in power as we check out this week's sermon. So... Um, if you have your scripture, I just read Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. The kids, the students, and I really, I really am going to quote Cam in just a moment, but the students were living in Hebrews, four different messages over the weekend out of Hebrews, so we just kind of want to walk with them, and I'm, I'm not going to deviate a whole lot from 12, 1 and 2 and just really have a few thoughts for us uh, based on that scripture, but Cam said something. These are my note sheets. They're in my Bible. They're terrifying because I write all over them. And so um, I, I heard him a few minutes ago in the season of prayer, which I'm really a fan of praying for one another. And in that season of prayer, he said, so I, I don't know if I got it exactly right, but I'm praying that these students, and I'm going to magnify that and amplify that a bit, that every one of us in this room would sit down as kids and rise up as men and women after God's heart. In other words, Paul, uh, last night, and, and I won't go deeply into Cam Trigg's sermon, it was, it was remarkable, the truth of God's Word that was just poured out into our students, just the Word was doing the work, and Cam just talked about maturity and faith, and it really mimicked almost the 1 Corinthians 3 passage of, like, we've really got to grow weary of drinking milk and move into the sufficiency of God's Word so that we do rise up for the sake of Jesus' name, and we carry His name everywhere we go. And so we're really asking the Lord to compel us to be followers of Jesus so we might be leaders of men and women. So that we could just not saddle and say, Lord, no, no, no. I am not going to be about sitting down as a kid and drinking my chocolate milk. But Lord, I'm going to rise up with your goodness and your grace before me. 
And so I was singing and really just thinking, so what's the posture for that? So here's what we've been singing today. And um, I would love for us to just think about this as the posture to be a people who therefore are fully aware that we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, that we are inhabited by a glorious and great God, and that we are a people of endurance and maturity. If you want a synopsis of the letter uh, to the Hebrews, there it is. That we're a people of endurance and maturity who are filled with the Spirit of God, who are walking about understanding that there are a cloud of witnesses. And this is where the cloud gets kind of exciting for us. So there are, in Hebrews 11, these witnesses that are heroes of the faith. There are witnesses that have gone before us. We're in the middle of being a people who witness the glory and the cross and the power of Christ. And in the future, there will be future witnesses that follow Jesus just as we follow. And we're going to be a part of this glorious, holy roar that is coming. And that is happening. And that is once and forever to be. Oh, wow. And so this is bigger than, okay, look, we've got some good people in the past. We are a part of the cloud. And there is a future, generational, as long as God tarries from returning, that will be building into this kingdom. Imagine the worship and the wonder through the cross of Jesus Christ. Welcome to the kingdom. And so how would we posture for this? Well, here you go. So when I fight for this, I'll fight on my knees. My hands will be lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I will lay at your feet and I will sing through the most difficult and painful of times. As tribulations roll in my way, I will sing in the night because the battle belongs to the Lord. So therefore, surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, I just set aside these things in the night that are so easily entangling us, and many of us are entangled in it right now. And I lay it down at your feet, and I, I do my, Lord, I long to know that you are fighting for me. And so you can, because the scripture says he is. Stephen Hanley, who led worship throughout the weekend, just gave this quick illustration last night. This is truly the posture for living out Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. He just quickly was talking about Israel being liberated by, uh, by the Lord's hand and liberated by Moses and Aaron. And they are freed from slavery. They are walking in the fullness of God. They're celebrating who the Lord is. And then they run into a boundary, a snare, a moment. And how do we do this in the scripture? Scripture says that the Lord has told them, just be quiet. I will fight for you. And they actually believe that for a moment. So when they, when they are moving about and moving into the Lord, toward the Lord's promised land, you'll know the story incredibly well. But I wonder if we are familiar with and activating the posture for this account. Because when they walked up, they walked straight into a sea of water that was a halting point, And they looked backwards and saw a sea of battalions that were coming against them. So what do we do when we are ensnared in moments like this? How do we respond to this? 
What is our posture? This is the way to walk in the fullness of the kingdom of Christ. They just felt this. Lord, you will fight for me. So I lift hands to you and I pray to you and I cry out to you and I am calling for you and I will call you and you will answer me. And I love this idea and picture. I don't know if you grew up like watching the nice little cardboard stories as the water parted. I just want to settle in this moment as Moses and maybe others around him are on their knees before an impenetrable, impenetrable, however that word is said, body of water, and they are coming behind them with impending death, and they are lifting holy hands, and their heads are down going, Lord, you promise we're quiet, we're resting, you'll fight for us. Just kind of picture whatever you have going on right now that's ensnaring you, and picture fighting as those who went before us fought on our knees with holy hands trembling before the Lord because we don't have the answer and picture lifting your head and seeing the Lord carving a trail where you could never have imagined that the Lord has literally parted water for us therefore since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses who testify of the parting whatever you have going on Christ is sufficient Allow him to fight for you. And how you mobilize that is on your knees with hands lifted high, saying to the Lord, the battle belongs to you. It's yours to fight. And I am just a servant of your move and your power and your glory. And Father, let nothing or no one deem me with honor, but God, all glory, dominion, and power are yours. Let's go through the water. This is the picture of what it means as a group of people who walk about saying, Lord, we want to be a part of this therefore movement of yours, enduring and maturing. So with that, heart spilled out into this room. Let's just talk about this scripture for a few minutes. Therefore, since you have your Bibles open, you just probably want to start circling things that are so important in this. This is a call to endurance church and it's a call to maturity. We have a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us. So lay aside hindrances and sin that ensnares us and run with endurance the race that is set before us. One of the things that seems so important in this is that uh, it's not our gifts, our skills, even God's miracles that are going to allow for us to endure. It is the strength of his hands. It's, it's what the Lord is doing as he moves in our midst. And so I just want to think about that as we pray about enduring. Um, when you see the word, therefore, as a teaching pastor, it's one of your favorite words in Scripture because it honestly permits you to back up. You can keep backing up and teaching from the 12th chapter of the book of Hebrews all the way back to chapter 1 if you really want to because they're just going to be keep, they're, they're just gonna keep on with the therefores. 
But Paul is writing right after all of these heroes of the faith had knelt before the Father, not necessarily accruing everything that they thought on earth. In fact, positively not. Many died far before they anticipated. They were martyred for the sake of Jesus. Yet they set in as a people who set aside things that so easily entangled and parted with sin so that they might glory in and for the Lord. They endured. They just pressed forward for the sake of the gospel and they found this incredible joy in him. But it it doesn't even begin at chapter 11. I believe um, I'm only going to read a portion of this. I think all of it's on the screen. You feel free. But what we really need to be a therefore people and enduring people is to know out of Hebrews 10 that you yourselves have an enduring possession and it's better. I I would... personally circle the word better. Whatever it is that you're holding your hand and just simply saying, God, this is what I hold. He is looking and saying, there is an enduring possession and it is better. His name is Jesus. So don't throw away your confidence which has a great reward for you need endurance so that after you have done God's will, you will receive what he has promised. So we're just a part of this therefore movement and just kind of saying, God, we want to press in on endurance. We are surrounded by a cloud who is cheering us on. To to go with that just a minute so we can ponder this. In chapter 11, verse 8, a part of this cloud of witnesses is Abraham who lived faithfully. I mean, this is a guy who, I mean, Cam's in, in this room, like, talking to the kids and saying, I just want you to rise up and move after the Lord. So here's what I could say to every student in the room and every adult in the room. You don't have to know what that is. Abraham is so beautiful. Lord, my yes is on the table. I have no idea where we're going. I'm all in. Like, how, one of the things Cam said last night, how do we turn our schools over for those of us in the room in workplaces? How do we upend our workplaces for the name of Jesus? And he's just kind of sitting and going, I don't need to give you the how. Follow me. Know me. And in knowing me, you'll long to make my name known. Apart from that walkthrough, you'll probably be off the radar in about a week. Maybe even by tomorrow. We're just kind of looking and going, Lord, teach me. Abraham just said, look, God, I don't need to know the destination. I don't even know where you're sending me. I'm going blindly, but I'm going with promise. And the Lord said these words to him. And this is really a thing that echoed with me in the first service. He said, I am your shield. I am your very great reward. This is is how the Lord described himself. Abraham, put your hope in me and believe in me. And the scripture says, as a result of that, Abraham was credited as righteous before the Lord. And it is God himself who is our great reward. And this is an epically important thing, at least in my soul. It is not our talents. It is not what we're going to do for the Lord next. It wasn't our mini trip that we took out to serve this city. It's not the miracles It's none of those things. And Abraham, by the way, had some pretty massive miracles. And the Lord is saying to him, Abraham, you're going to walk through some amazing times and you're going to walk through some barren and acrid times. And I want you to know in every one of those times, I am your great reward. 
If you have anything else as your great reward, if you're stamping your life that D now or some miracle is finally when I've gotten it together, the Lord is saying, no, I am your great reward. And I want to know you so that I can make myself known. And I am fighting for your heart right now. And so do me a huge favor, elbow your neighbor and say, this is important. Wake up. And so, so Abraham flexed this for just a moment when, when um, he just had this miracle that was handed to him. And I, I love this about him because he just demonstrated the power of God in his life as he literally walked up a mountain with the son that was a promise. And he looked at his son, and I love some people in the first service came back and were quoting portions of this. They went away and read this to say, what is your word saying, Lord? He looked at his son and said, the son said to him, look, I know I'm a miracle. I know you waited for a long, long time for me. We're going to worship. How's God going to do this? And I love his answer. God will provide. Even if provision is the miracle in, in you, son, the Lord will provide. This is an incredibly harsh story and one that's difficult for me as a dad. It's an incredibly beautiful story and one of a foreshadowing of the God, the father and God, the son. And the Lord did this amazing thing in a long story short. As they reached the top of the mountain, he looked at his son and raised a knife to say to the father, only you are my great reward, not your miracles, Lord. And in the thicket, a ram was provided and the place was named God will provide. The Lord is your great reward. I just pray that you will endure and enduring you'll mature and you will grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ so that he might be your great reward. If we could pause right now, it would be a really good moment for you to talk with Jesus. And I'm going to be quiet for about 20 seconds and just really ask him, where are you on my reward totem pole? I really, I, I'm not like throw an elbow at a friend and say, you need to answer this. So Jesus, are you my great reward? Will you show me that answer? If there's hesitation or the answer is no, will you set aside the things that have entangled you and the sin that holds you? I mean, now, like not, not later, not like two o'clock, like right now, like, Lord, there are some things that belong in this altar. He says, not only is this story about a cloud that surrounds you, but I love, I love the translation that I've read earlier. It says, but it's us also. He says in Hebrews, um, lay aside every sin, things that entangle you, keep your eyes on Jesus. But in the fourth, the third and fourth word, therefore, we also are a part of this. We're in this story, Lord. How do you want to write this story through us? I went to another hero. It's literally 11.8 is Abraham. 11.8 and a half or nine is Jacob. And he just was in this moment. And this really could be a moment of yours. Is he was in this moment and, and 
honestly, I invited a bit of wrestling when I said, is the Lord your great reward? You should be wrestling. I hope we all are. I will for quite a while. What do I need to set aside? This, this, is, this perspective of us also really runs into the heart of, of the 11th chapter of Hebrews, verse 8, where Jacob is just with the Lord. He's really unclear. Um, lest we kind of think everything is incredibly amazing with him, he's laying on the ground in a running place away from huge danger with his head laying on a rock, and he's wrestling with the Lord. And here is, here is our next posture as us also. He's wrestling with the Lord, and he will not let go. And I find this to be almost comedic and yet wonderful because he says, the, the scripture says, and the Lord could not uh, win the battle, which we all know the Lord would definitively win the battle should we wrestle with him. But the Lord was so gracious and kind, and he just kept holding on to him. And his one running question was this, Lord, I want to be a part of the us also. So will you bless me? Will you purpose me? Will you go with what Cam shared as the vision for the weekend? Lord, will you teach me to know you so that I can make you known? And so as we're wrestling with this, as, as I'm, I'm asking you a question like, seriously, please write this in your journal and take a month or two or the rest of your life to ask this question, Lord, are you my great reward? If the answer is hesitant, what will I let go of? Will I look to you? And I pray that the one person you won't let go of is the Lord. Jacob held fast and the Lord blessed him, and it's really beautiful. He laid his hand on his hip, and the man never walked the same again. He walked with this holy limp of the presence of God. Oh, Father, that you would draw out a holy limp among this body. So therefore, endure, because we're in the middle of this us also. And in doing so, I just close again with scripture. So how do we how do we do this? Well, we set aside and look up. And I think I think we've been all over this. So I want to add a scripture to it and invite you to just rest in Jesus. First, I want you to know that when this blessing and this desire to know God, you don't run for victory. You run in it. You run out of it. For those of you who are in Jesus Christ, you have everything you need. The scripture says he would not forsake to lay down his own son. And in doing so, he provided for us with everything we need in him. Through Jesus, you have all that you need. And so in this longing to say, God, what do we set aside and what do we do to be about you? We have everything we need in Jesus. And so we're setting aside those things that entangle us. And then we're looking up to the one who is writing the story. He's the author, the one who is perfecting the story. He's got an amazing thing written for you. And the one who is drawing all of these together for the sake of his name. So welcome to the kingdom of Jesus. So not only will he help you to, how do you unensnare? What word is that? Disensnare. How do you take away the snares that are holding you? How do you posture Jesus as your great reward? Well, he'll actually fight for you in that as well. Just, just quietly whisper to him, Lord, help. 
Help me to set aside and to walk fully, for I walk in the freedom of who you are. Hebrews 12, 27 says this, as you set aside and look up, know this in this journey, all things will be shaken. So what I'm not teaching today is that if you'll say yes to Jesus, everything will be good. What I am saying today is that if you'll say yes to Jesus, he is sufficient. He is enough. You have everything you need in him to run the race that he has for you. You have nothing that you need in your greatest creativity. You have everything you need in him. So set aside this so that unshakable remains. And this is such an epic scripture for every one of us. I almost want to say it's epic for students, but why them? We're so chasing crazy things ourselves as adults. So in the middle of all of the political, in the middle of all of the ambition, in the middle of all of the spending, in the middle of all of the uprising, the Lord is saying, the unshakable component is me. And so I'm going to shake everything else. The, the scripture promises that whatever happens politically, socially, economically, morally in the world around us, it is in Christ and his kingdom that we have unshakable faith. Glory to God. And we're, we're just rolling about going, Lord, I want to set aside this frail faith and believe that I will see you. And, and that word for Jacob, the word see, literally means I will receive your provision. You can find either one of those words in different translations. Lord, I will literally see and be provided from you in this journey. I'm not letting go of you. I'm chasing you with everything. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We hope that this is just the beginning to the gospel conversations we have and share in through our weeks. We never want this to be the end of what God is saying, but just another launching pad for His glory and renown to be central in our lives and relationships. Again, we would love to help you take your next step of faith possibly here with us as part of our Mandarin family. Visit us online at mandarinbaptist.org and facebook.com slash Church to see what your next step could be. We thank you again for joining us, and we hope to see you soon.